Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Contra Radio Network presents the Contra Dawn Show with your host, Dawn Appleberg. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for that delay. As usual, we had a slight technical difficulty, and my headset decided to cut out at the one spot. So, we are going to be talking about some pretty interesting stuff today. Uh, Kind of decided to go ahead and take on weekly one conspiracy theory at a time and go ahead and debunk it or prove where it came from, this type of thing. As well as some updates on some of the hot topics that we have floating around our our government right now. One thing I'd like to point out, you guys noticed over the last week, DACA has all but disappeared when it comes to conversations and news. It was all the rage last week, and up to four days ago, we still had story after story coming out of mass media and mainstream about DACA, and then all of a sudden, nothing. I mean, literally nothing. I am literally scouring the net even as we speak, and what I get is as of September 11th, there is basically an inference of a new immigration policy that Trump is going to be doing, which will be attacking, supposedly attacking, as we know they love to use these aggressive words, a new type of immigrant. They're, those are the ones that have been brought here as, in what they call sanctuary, or there's political asylum, this type of thing. So, but attack is gone in the news. Literally, it's there. It's gone. There's been no update. There's been no. There's been no um, news. Um, there's been no congressional exploration for the last week. Back and forth on back and leaves young immigrants just dangling. New York Times as of six hours ago. But other than that, all you've got now is is just political rhetoric and individuals with their with their own personal opinions, nothing has is being said or done from the Senate or the Congress about DACA. I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy. All of a sudden now, you've got nothing. It's dead. And when I go to the WhiteHouse.gov, I'm not seeing any bills moving. I'm not seeing any conversations happening. I'm not seeing anything. It's just like all of a sudden it no longer is a rage, and now it's dead. But right after that, we have... Our economy. Now, there's been a few things changing, and they have been focusing more and more of their their, uh, attention towards the upcoming tax season. I do not know, and I cannot tell you whether or not this next tax season we're going to see some drastic changes from the Trump Academy. Um, He has been putting forth new tax proposals, tax slashes. Some of them are going to be hitting a lot of us hard in the belly, mainly because um, for those of lower income, when you have your in- earned income credit and your child tax credit, those are starting to come out as, as potential phase-outs. 
Uh, we're looking at potential shelters for the middle income that a lot of people aren't expecting. They, you know, they, they, those who hate Trump, those who despise him, or in that camp of never Trumpers, refuse to accept the fact that that some of his tax uh, concerns and details actually are benefiting middle income more than upper income or or, or um, the elite that they assume is benefiting. Number one, number two those who hate him are really terrified because of how it's going to affect lower income individuals who look forward to that tax check every year and actually don't contribute anything to taxes. I mean, yeah, monthly, weekly, however they get paid, it comes out, but at the end of the year, they actually get back more than they ever paid in. So it's going to affect those, and, and we know it's going to affect them somehow. But we don't know exactly what policies and procedures are going to be in this next tax year. Now, as a financial consultant, I will tell you, I'm kind of really interested to find out exactly what he's going to do at this point. It's going to be very interesting to find out exactly how how extreme the tax codes are going to change. We have granted at this point a huge amount of of tax code that is just, if you were ever to sit down and do corporate taxes, literally, you would, you would understand exactly what I'm talking about, especially as a CPA. I'm not a CPA. I'm a business consultant with a finance, master's in business finance. However, I have worked with CPAs, and I work with CPAs when it comes to tax season here. And I'll tell you, some of these books literally weigh 30, 40 pounds when it comes to tax codes, depending on what business or what, what organization they're working with. Now, Trump has been saying that he's going to go ahead and change the tax codes so that easier, more concise, more streamlined, and more fair and organized for everybody. If that means that those expecting that $10,000 tax return at the end of the year are suddenly going to see a two or $3,000 return, so be it. That's the way that it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. And we have been dealing with this type of politics for generations. Uh, that means that as a middle-income business owner, you have to start seeing some small mom-and-pop tax breaks that weren't there before. So be it. it. You know, once more, guys, ride the road and realize there's a saying in military pay when, when I was there that, that, that needs to be addressed here, and I think that a lot of people need to start living by this, especially when it comes to tax season. And that is don't spend the check until it's cleared. And what that means is that in the military, when you have guard members, they drill once a month and two weeks out of the year. That's their standard. And what happens is that they get this they get this check that they're supposed to have cut, and it's supposed to be the next, you know, two weeks after drill. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's when it's going to hit. There could be an error. There could be uh, holidays. There could be something else, an upgrade, an update. So you never know when you're actually going to get that check. And to be perfectly honest, you've been promised a check. You just don't know when. So... That needs to be addressed when it comes to tax season. Don't spend that check until it's cleared. And if you're planning on using that check to go ahead and bail you out as you have every single year and you're one of those families, then you may want to go ahead and tighten up now. It's October. Now's a good time to start planning. You've got, you know, three, four months to go where you may have to go ahead and adjust your, your spending or your economic situation in order to go ahead and make sure that you don't end up hurting for tax season. Now, that, granted, that doesn't mean, people, I'm not saying that it's going to happen this year. But I'm telling you, with Trump in office, 
whether you like him or not, there are going to be financial and economical drastic changes that deviate completely from the last eight years. So keep that in mind. There is no way that we're not going to see some type of change when it comes to expenditures, expenses, and taxes. So we're seeing a lot more people ramping up and gearing up. Now, I'm not seeing a lot of news on this. I'm not seeing a lot of press on this. And I wonder, the reason I wonder is because I'm thinking maybe one of the reasons we're not seeing a lot of news or press on it is because the media can't get an ugly spin on what they're getting. You know, we've seen at this point that the media loves to be negative when it comes to Trump, no matter what it is. So it could very well be they can't find a negative spin. Or it could be that maybe, just maybe, they're keeping it very close to the shelf and they're not going to go ahead and let it out until it comes time to go ahead and and uh, publish the official tax book for that for next year, and then we're going to go ahead and see what happens. So either way, buckle up, because it's going to be interesting. With that being said, economically, this last week, I haven't really seen anything in the news. Now, granted, I, I understand there's going to be a couple of you that's going to send me these messages saying, hey, uh, you know, with the hurricanes and with the wildfires and with the, you know, yeah, but at the same time, people, we're talking about a community of journalists who, because Melanie Trump wore stilettos onto Air Force One to go to Houston, they literally, that became the headline. So, I mean, not the death toll, not the damage, not the, the, the courageous uh, acts of those who were there to help. The headline was her shoes. So anything and everything that they can go ahead and sink their fangs into to make a negative connotation, they're going to. And this doesn't just go for liberal media. This goes for conservative as well. Because anything that the conservative side can go ahead at this point and sink their fangs into to make the liberals look bad, well, guess what? So with all that being said, I find it really telling that over the last week, we have not seen anything about our our economy about DACA, we have not seen anything about, uh, you know, pretty much immigration, even the ACA topic, which is still on the table and has not been resolved. Education, still on the table, not resolved. They haven't even come up with a phase-out program yet. It went all the way up to this last week of every day, pinpoint, highlight, saturate, 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 to this last week, nothing. Now, this could be one of two reasons. One, it's the calm before the storm. We may very well see a huge push for the big four, is what I'm calling them, immigration, ACA, education, and economy. For the big four, we may suddenly see a huge push at the end of the year. However, the other side is a little bit more concerning for me. The other side is telling me that the reason that we're not seeing anything is because Congress and Senate have determined that they're going to dig in their heels and they're not going to do anything. They are basically going to do lame duck on all four of the big four, and they're going to drag their feet until we basically end up with what we have today. And then they can turn around and say, see, we told you Trump can't help. Whether or not you like him, whether or not you're for him, the fact of the matter is, as president, he has put forth certain platform issues that he ran on and won the electoral vote on 
based upon what they deemed would be right for our country and for our citizens. And the House and Senate have dug their heels in and are refusing to support him. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens this next week. I'm going to be watching very carefully to see if we see any burps on this, any type of news, any type of, you know, insinuation, because if we're not seeing it, they're lame ducking it. And folks, that's bad. I don't care if you like or dislike the policies and procedures. I don't care if you like or dislike the fact that Trump is in office. When you have a Congress and Senate who rather than effectively or efficiently work either for an agenda or against an agenda, rather voting negative or voting positive, if they lame duck it instead, instead, sorry, as you were, if they lame duck it instead, what they're basically doing is they are getting paid to sit in that room and do nothing but talk and chit-chat and and be ineffective, basically. They're present. If you and I were to go to work and just sit there to be present, do you think we'd get paid? These are our representatives, and these are the ones we voted in. We voted them in either because we were for or against the new POTUS. If you have, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again with 2018 around the corner, if your representative lame ducks that votes president or does not take a stand, vote that individual out until you get somebody in who represents you. Whether it's somebody who's against Trump or for him, it doesn't matter. Get somebody in there who is effectively earning that paycheck. When you go and you look at the, if you go to whitehouse.gov, you'll see where, you can, where they have the different places on the bills that everybody voted. And you can see who voted what and where. And what you can do is you can then go to your representative and demand an answer if you did not like the vote. If you thought they were going to vote you know, one way and, and they voted another, you can ask them. If you determined that they voted a way that was counter to what you had been told they would, you can ask them. And if they are voting present, which means neither yes nor no, then you can demand and answer, and you can also let them know that that doesn't fly. We are an effective nation. And what I mean by an effective nation, cause and effect. We have reaction and we have action. To sit there in the middle and do nothing while filling up a seat of someone who could be for or against that agenda and taking home a huge paycheck to boot is not only unethical, immoral, but they are not representing you. So do yourself a favor and check it out. Find out how they vote. Now, I'm going to touch on something I didn't have up here on my episode because I didn't want it to drive, I didn't want it to be divisive to the point we're logging in just for the topic. However, I had a very interesting conversation with uh, an individual who set up the pro-conservative group at the rally down at Berkeley and where they grew all their attention because Black Lives Matter showed up and instead of it becoming contentious, they shared the stage and they both had the, the, the time to go ahead and talk in the microphone because of the freedom of speech, which a lot of people didn't hear about, by the way. Anyway, what happened is that she's been talking to some of the representatives in the Black Lives Matter movement who were willing to actually logically talk instead of be emotional 
And this is disturbing. And this goes right into my conspiracy theory for the week, which is the shadow government. We are seeing on Facebook, if you're conservative, you're seeing inundation of race, 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 race. Prime example, Bennett tackled a player on the other team. Seahawks tackled a a Niner from the other team, or Cowboys, sorry, Cowboys from the other team. And when he got up, he took a fist, he threw it in the air. He's like, yeah, standard fist pump that we have all seen. We have seen it in war movies. We have seen it in sports movies. We have seen it on children's playgrounds. We have seen this action of the fist going up, just absolutely total triumph in our cartoons. But because Bennett made a stance, based upon his personal viewpoint and took a knee for the Constitution, they have decided this is a Black Panthers, Black Lives Matter, racist movement. I want you to really sit back and think about that. If it had been anybody else, and when I'm seeing these posts, I'm throwing up hundreds of pictures of other people, including this little teeny tiny baby who looks like he's about to fart. He's got his little fist up there. Ooh, yeah, you can tell that he really just wants to have a poo. But he's got a little fist up there. When you are so ready to see opposition that you fail to take in common sense, then you are no better than the individual or entity that you are fighting against. Now, Turned out that a lot of conservatives are getting a lot of this this regurgitation, this vomiting of racism and and you know protests and kill whitey and white people are inhuman and, and, and this type of thing. Those who are on Facebook supporting Black Lives Matter, on the other hand, they are being inundated with horror stories horror stories of white supremacy. They are getting inundated with how they are repressed and slaves still. When you hear these people and they're talking, when I say these people, I'm not talking blacks, I'm talking about these people representing the Black Lives Matter movement or the Black Panthers movement or those who are looking at it from a racist perspective, these people being the the ones who are out front emotionally. It's because they have been fed. They have been finally fed a steady diet of hate and racism. Just like the conservatives have been fed, a steady diet of hate and racism. And when they actually sit down and start talking together, they realize that the hate and racism that they've been fed coming from someone else because neither one of them really believe it. They're both wounded. And when I mean the little wounded, they're both angry. Because, you know, somebody said this about me and somebody said that about you. But when they finally sit down and start thinking and talking to each other, they start realizing there's an agenda going on. If they can keep the country divided, people, and if they can continue to divide you as they versus us and this type of thing, we will not stand as a country much longer. And if America crumbles and it fractures, it is the last bastion against a globalist mentality, then what will happen is that we will become a globalist society. The Constitution will cease to exist. 
and we will become part and parcel of the globalist agenda. Now, if you're for open borders and you're for, for a globalist agenda, take pause. Globalist agendas also determine which citizens are authorized to live and which authorized to die. Globalist agendas determine when they have a country that is prospering a little too much, whether or not it needs to be physically and deliberately contained or destroyed. And if you think that's a conspiracy theory, I suggest that you do research on Ethiopia. Ethiopia, up until the 80s, was a thriving country. It was the breadbasket of Africa. Because their people were doing so well, the government could not control them because they did not need the government. The government raised. And when I say raised, I'm not talking lifting up. I'm talking mowing down their crops and poisoned their water wells and destroyed the land to the point that it became barren and a desert and it it blew away all the nutritional soil and now you have Ethiopia today. Not the only country that this has occurred in. Go further back, the potato famine in Ireland, you heard was rot. Yes, it was. But it was deliberately, concisely orchestrated by England because the Irish refused to take a knee. It has been a way of life. This is not a conspiracy theory, people. This is the way it is. Rome used often a globalist mentality when it came to taking over nations. It marched over, destroyed their culture, destroyed their ethics, destroyed their their society, and imprinted their own. Now, with the globalist society of today... The leading front mentality that is coming out, whether you agree with it or not, understand it or not, deal with it or not, I will do with I will I will do an in I will do I will do <laughs> an in depth kind of okay, where is it? That was a dummy for me. I will do an in depth program with guest speakers, pro and con, about Islam and Sharia later. But right now what we're saying is that that happens to be the forefront of the culture and religion that happens to be spreading monumentally. For those of you who are actually interested in research and actually interested in finding out what actually happens, go take a look at Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, most of the Middle East from the 1940s to the 1950s and 60s. And then look from the 70s forward. you'll begin to see exactly why so many people are starting to stand up and be alert about this. Now, I'm not going to say that the globalist Agenda 21 is run by the Muslims. No, I did not say that, and I'm going to go on record by saying I did not say that. What I'm saying is that they are the forefront at this point who are being uh, pushed, and they are being funded, and they are being utilized. And the Islamic and, and Eastern culture is counter to Western culture beliefs and understandings and society. So the open borders that you think are going to be great, have to understand half of your principles and your understandings and the things that you enjoy will be eliminated if that culture happens to take place. 
if that culture does not take place, then another culture, such as the the uh, progressive culture, takes place. All you have to do, which means socialism, all you have to do is look at Venezuela, look at California, at Greece, where they went bankrupt. All these are signs of what happens when you have too much of a socialistic or globalistic mi- um, mindset with a progressive mentality that has taken over. Now, I'm not talking all Democrats, guys. That, that's not what I said at all. Progressive. One of my best friends, who I basically call him my brother-in-law, him and his wife are my sister and brother from another mother type. You know, I ra- helped raise their kid. He voted Hillary Clinton. And we've talked about it. We've discussed it. He knows I vote Trump. He voted Hillary Clinton. And we've actually sat down and in a great car ride while I took him to the airport. We discussed this. We discussed, you know, on a basic principle and a common sense adult mature matter, why we both voted how we voted. We even kidded each other a little bit, ribbed each other a little bit. But the thing is, no anger, there was no hatred, there was no screaming. And he's not a progressive. He is a hardcore Democrat. And he stands for what the Democratic Party stands for, which is fine. That is his belief, and that's what he thinks society needs. That is not a progressive. Progressive, what it used to mean, is not what it is today. A progressive of today is an entity or an individual that demands intolerant following of their mindset for anything and everything that they determine to be triggering or inappropriate, which is why we now have Hobby Lobby being boycotted by one individual who, you know, started a storm because she saw some cotton branches in a in a uh, centerpiece. Uh, this is why we have businesses, small businesses being shut down because they are white women who appropriated culture to go ahead and make burritos. This is why we're living in a society today where if you are walking down the street and you see someone that you think is a friend of yours and you say, yo, how you doing? Turns out not to be, and it happened to be a male-female situation. Or not even that, let's just say the individual happens to be, doesn't know what it is, and I mean non-binary or whatever. They can now call that sexual harassment. That is the progressive mentality. And I will tell you, if you have a progressive mentality, you're not going to like my show. Because you are too into what you believe and how you must believe in order for you to function, to understand or comprehend other people's viewpoints. Others who are Democrats or Republicans or independents, constitutionalists, even some liberals, will benefit because they can actually hear it rationally and realize I'm not calling any one side out, and I'm not even using my own personal political views to push an agenda. I'm just explaining. The reason this dovetails into our conspiracy theory of the week is because I want to talk about, oh, wait, I'm not done yet about the racist thing. If you really want to see racism go away, if you really want this ugly cancer, this negative baseline mentality, uneducated, 
mentality to go away, then I'm going to have a suggestion for you. If a teacher in school calls her white students up and says that you need to forgive, you need to apologize for being white, deal with it, get her fired, or him fired, and move on. Don't continue to spread it six months later. Don't continue to talk about it seven months later. It's over. It's done with. She was terminated. Good job. If you have a white teacher who calls out all black students as slaves, I'm fired, move on. I am seeing stories which were handled appropriately, mind you, of hate and of of horrific lower IQ mentality, even from colleges. But once it's been handled and done and it's been taken care of, I'm seeing them regurgitated over and over and over as if this is some type of, of domestic violence cycle. Oh, we can't let you forget about this, and you have to throw it back up there. I'm going to tell you another way to go ahead with this whole racism idiocy. Look carefully at where you're getting your resources from. I am seeing reputable news media now that we can, conservative times, uh, huff, huff. Um, and when I say reputable, I'm talking about from both sides. Who are quoting stories from a website called lastlineofdefense.org. Lastlineofdefense.org is owned by a man who made it up specifically to piss off conservatives. Nothing he says is true. That story of Hillary Clinton's housekeeper, or I'm sorry, Donna Rice's housekeeper found dead in a pond. Hillary Clinton and and her daughter dead in a, in a, in a motorboat exercise, fake. Arresting Pelosi and her daughter, fake. Obama's arrest, fake. Hillary Clinton's arrest, fake. Bodies found, fake. It's all fake, and it's coming from that particular website. So what you want to do? Market as false news, market as fake news, and stop spreading the crap. Once you realize it's over and done with, once you realize the individual in question was already dealt with, then don't spread the word. Leave it as it is. You want to see the end of this, then you need to go ahead and become proactive and stop spreading it. If it is something that is still in effect, then by all means, make sure you, you, you get it out there. But the moment that that individual or that entity or that situation has been dealt with, move on, people. So that's all I'm going to say about my rant on that. Now, going to my conspiracy theory. There are two things I want to discuss today. One has been beaten to a dead horse, but we've actually found is true. Agenda 21. How much of it is true? Once more, you have to go back to the globalist mentality and you have to look at the fact that you have individuals or entities that are in charge of a globalist mentality who can and will effectively deal with scenarios that may or may not affect their agenda. For instance, back in 1970, there was a push called zero population. Zero population was supposed to 
reduce the number of children that you had as family so that we could go ahead and have enough natural resources and, and consumable, you know, reusable for everyone. It died down in the 80s. It has come up again. China went to a single family, a single child family for a while. Japan wasn't wasn't doc, you know, it wasn't demanded, but there were many who chose to do single children families. Agenda 21 is real. Big, huge boogeyman that's sitting in behind the corner where we're all going to die? I don't think so. I will tell you part of Agenda 21, which a lot of people do not understand or comprehend, especially if you happen to be pro-abortion, and that is that there are over 300 thousand babies killed a year with abortion. Population control, which is being self-monitored. We have places now where you cannot make food population control. That does not mean there is an active entity within the government which is going ahead and trying to destroy your family. No. What this does mean is that there is an active entity within our governments. They are trying to control the human population around the world. Agenda 21 is real. Shadow government, I love this. You can answer me within the next five seconds or ten seconds what a shadow government is and how it's functioning right now. I will give you... I will give you... Oh, Cookie. Hey there, Frankie. Frankie. I didn't even see you there. I will give you a cookie because we have a lot of people who are talking about shadow governments this and shadow governments that. But do they even really know what they're talking about? So I did some digging. And this is what I found. The actual conspiracy of the shadow government is that there has always been kind of like a star chamber. If anybody saw the Grisham movie or read the book, there's kind of a star chamber or there's a higher entity within our governments that actually pull all the strings and they do all the decision-making and they're the ones that take care of all of the control issues that we have. Now, if that is the case, then that would explain a lot now, remember, we're talking conspiracy theory here. I'm not talking fact yet. I'm just talking conspiracy theory of what's going out there. And then, as you all know, if you've watched my show, or, or I'm sorry, if you've heard my show, you know that I go in and I tear it up or I build it up depending. Now, that will explain a lot about how Obama actually became a candidate for the president of the United States. So let me explain why. Barack Obama came literally out of nowhere and ran for Senate in Illinois. He ran as a Kenyan who wanted to represent the immigration or the immigrants of Illinois, and he wanted to go ahead and give them a voice in the legal system. Nobody really heard about him or knew much about him simply because it was a state function. Those in Illinois heard about him, of course, but it was a state function. It wasn't, it wasn't federal. And he did pleasantly well while he was in. And what I mean by that is, once more, remember, voting yes or no as a representative. He voted present every single time. And you can actually look that up. You can see where he actually voted when it comes to Illinois' commerce. 
that he voted present. He did not vote yes or no. Two years in, he took off and he started running for president of the United States. And out of nowhere, he received a massive amount of support, a massive amount of funding. The Democratic Party lockstepped right behind him instantly. They had big names. They had old names that wanted to run, and they lockstepped behind this guy who had literally two years' worth of political Remember what I said, he had run as a Kenyan immigrant, which disappeared off the net completely by the time we reached the primaries. He was voted in. Now, some say we're not going to get into this conspiracy theory about voter fraud and everything else yet, because that's going to be another show, but he was voted in, and he served for eight years. Now that he is out, he is following Trump's footsteps everywhere he goes, and he is acting as an emissary for our country as if he is still running as our president. That's all fact, people. And I can show you the fact when it comes to the Kenyan situation. I'm not going to talk about the birth certificates today. Once more, another time. We've only got 20 minutes here. And yes, I will get into that because that one's fun. Anyway. But that would explain if you start looking at a shadow government, that sounds very logical now. Here they had a Manchurian candidate that they could go ahead and put up and that we could go ahead and, and represent us and that people really want to change because they've had back-to-back Bush, back-to-back war, back-to-back corruption, back-to-back ineptitude, and they, they were sick of it. They wanted to change. They wanted to get out of this cycle, which we had started falling into. All of a sudden, here comes Barack Obama. The fact that he has not been arrested, the fact that he has not been tried for treason, because some of the things he has done, whether you agree with it or not, is blatant treason because it goes against the POTUS and the platform that we're running on at this point. He is calling his own summit this September and October in Illinois with world leaders. That is blatant. But the fact he has not been arrested, the fact that he has not been tried, the fact that while many, many Americans want to see him go to prison, many who supported him, many his his actual popularity vote at this point is below eight percent. Because many who supported him realized once he got in, he didn't look after them anymore. He didn't care about them anymore. it would all point towards a higher entity that's actually pulling that string. Now, I started looking, and what I did to go ahead and look at this conspiracy theory, I started looking at how our government representatives have been voting and have been communicating based upon their actual votes and their actual transcripts, not what I've been seeing in the news, not what I've been hearing in the on the press, but actual documented. A prime example of what I think points to a true shadow government would be McCain. The man continuously ends up back in a position of power even though he does not get the popular or electoral vote initially 
when you talk to the individuals and entities. When you look at the overall reported, yes. But this man who runs as a Republican has voted Democrat solid in all of his ideals. And many of the times he's actually voting against the very things that he said he was going to do. Paul Ryan is a prime example of an individual who literally, for some reason, we cannot get rid of, and yet he still votes against the agenda he runs on. So more and more, I'm starting to see a consistent possibility of an undergovernment that we have heard about and whispered about and speculated that there may be more going on than what it's supposed to be. What, is that? what a shadow government is, basically, people, it's not some type of CIA stuff. What a shadow government is, is that it happens to be a government that is being run on a separate agenda than what we are told. And anything and everything that happens on the front that we are looking at is all just hand, sleight of hand and it's promises and it's little crumbs that we can get. But the main agenda behind the scenes is going to continue. I will tell you now, whether you like him or not, I will tell you the main reason why Donald Trump has met with such resistance from the government and such resistance from all of those who are applicable when it comes to platform, which most of America agreed with electorally. And depending on who you talk to, popular vote as well. I mean, let's be honest. The states went red, people. I mean, the states literally went red. Washington State, which you didn't, you know, I live in Washington State. Well, a lot of people don't realize Washington State went red until Seattle voted, until Olympia voted. Thurston County and King County, once they voted, we went blue again. So we were red. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, and it wasn't because they were voting for Democrats or, or Republicans. What it was is they were voting for his agenda. But the reason he's receiving as much resistance as he is is because it's contrary to whatever the popular government entity is trying to push, what they've been trying to do for several decades. If you do chronological and you look chronologically at what has been going on since the 70s, you will see a gradual flow towards socialism. Anytime they hit a bump in the road and people resisted, they backed off. Anytime they continued forward and it happened, they continued forward. Trump is not for socialism. Trump is not for globalism. He is for nationalism. He is for self-identity as the United States, whether you like him or not, whether your gender likes him or not. He stands against what the globalist or the shadow government that we have running in place at this point stands for. Now, do I believe the shadow governments run around killing people? I don't know. Jury's still out on that, and I'll tell you why. Because you hear a lot of speculation about people getting killed, and you hear, oh, Hillary Clinton was attached to this person, and Bill Clinton was attached to this person, and, and Saul was attached. Whether or not they were killed based upon their attachment to the government, what they were going to say, or random stupid luck, or it was just their time, or maybe it was something else. I mean, one of the individuals they've, they've tacked on to Hillary Clinton's death log, if you will, had, was known to frequent 
areas where prostitutes and this type of thing were, uh, you know, the seedy side of the street. What if he just simply didn't pay up one time? Oh, but wait, wait, but he works with Hillary, so it's got to be Hillary's fault. Not necessarily. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that unless you come out with hardcore evidence that can prove 100% that that guy was killed by her because of, then I'm not going to chalk it up to her bloodbath. All right? So, shadow government, yes, it's there. It is heavily funded. Our protesters in the street are being bussed in, and then later on, many of them come forward and say, hey, I didn't get paid. Now, there have been one or two times this has happened where it has been proven later that they weren't even the protesters saying this on video. This happened to be individuals who were trying to get them in trouble. But there are many times that we've had representatives of the community come forward and say, I want to get paid. Promise this by this ad, which has been deleted now because it's closed. It's already happened. But where's my money? That is an agenda. And I think, to be perfectly honest, we need to see and we need to step up and we need to be aware that there is a very, we're waking up. People are waking up more and more and more. People are really waking up. We're no longer Soylent Green. We're no longer Animal Farm. We're no longer 1984. We're right there at 1984. We're very close to 1984. We really are. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, get the book and read it. But the fact of the matter is, is that that conspiracy theory is very real. And it happens to be tied to specific entities and families' demands in order for them to function on a global level economically. It's that simple. So, whether you agree with me or not, I challenge you on this. If you don't agree with my show, research it. Get back with me and give me the reason why. I'll have no problem debating you or even discussing it with you. And if you can prove something I have said wrong, or if you can go ahead and show me something I did not know beforehand, I'll be more than happy to listen. You come at me emotionally, I'll shut you down. At this point, it's time for me to go ahead and start logging off. Here's the bottom line. On Wednesdays, we have Contra Radio Network with John Jeffers. It happens to be current events and politics. On Sunday, on Saturdays, we have Ladies of the, of the Watch. That is Preppers with Julie Kenny, and it's dealing with the current prepping, past prepping, and prepping for everybody with the predominance towards females. But hey, let's be real; it can work for everybody. And then, of course, my show is on Fridays. I am now going to be tackling half the show on a conspiracy theory of your choice. If you don't choose one, I will. And the rest of it on current events as they stand politically without any of the, the emotional rhetoric that's involved with it. So, thank you for listening. If you have any concerns, comments, questions, send them to my blog. Send them to Contra Dawn Radio. If you have any complaints, send them to John. He's more than happy to let me know what you said. Um, and for those who, who do listen, those who actually learn from it, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. So that is for me. I'm signing off.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.